Welcome to Houseplant Homebody. I'm your host, Holly, and I'm here to tell you all about my favorite thing, plants. Are you ready? Did you know there's even more than just this podcast? Go check out my website, houseplant-homebody.com for even more and follow me on Instagram, Facebook, or Pinterest at Houseplant Homebody LLC. And as I'm sure you already know, each podcast episode has a corresponding blog post on my website, so make sure you check that out. And do not forget to rate, review this podcast, and make sure you're commenting, liking, sharing, and subscribing so more plant people just like you can find my podcast and social media. You can even help support your favorite podcast, blog, and social media by joining me on my Become a Supporter website page to get exclusive podcast episodes, access to a supporter-only Facebook group, early access to podcasts, and exclusive content. And if you really just can't get enough, I send out a bi-monthly newsletter on the first of every other month, also with exclusive content and some updates on what's happened the previous couple months. All right, let's get into it. So today we are diving into highlight house plants. So welcome to the 56th episode. I thought this would be a fun one to do since I just did low light house plants. And this is something that usually it's not very sought after. I get that, but it's good for you to be aware of it. So if you have this house plant or you've been wanting this house plant and you don't have this kind of light, maybe this will steer you in a better direction of what not to get. Or you can learn like, oh, hey, maybe I can do these plants. So we're going to get into it. I also want to state that the varieties that I am talking about or the plants that I'm talking about might have some variation based on the different varieties kind of in the genus that there is. So just want to throw that out there that there are some different things to measure this by, but I'm going general of what I've seen, what I've experienced, and what I've heard. Ta-da. Okay, so most of the time, as I said, these are not sought after plants because they're high light. Usually most people are wanting to find low light plants simply because high light plants are a little bit more restrictive of where you can put them in your house. Obviously there are ways to combat that like grow lights or having a south window or really bright window in general or moving them outside and using it as a patio plant for the most part. So there are lots of different ways that people like to do it. So I am going to go with the classic house plants, but I am going to have a list of honorable mentions at the end that are a little bit more of the patio planter and just like some extra plants that I thought should be mentioned simply because they do need that really high light. So first and foremost, the classic ficus lyrata, aka fiddly fig. So this plant is known to be one of the most difficult house plants, honestly. I agree. I did fail the first time I tried it, but then I started really looking into it, digging into it, because obviously I did the podcast episode and I really wanted to succeed with it. And it's honestly not that bad. It just takes consistency, it takes humidity, and it takes very, very high light. I will have the episode and the blog directly linked in the blog post on this highlight plant blog post. Can you say blog post? One more time. Um, But the Fiddly Fig or Ficus Lyrata episode is number 32 if you want to go check it out and re-listen to it all. But this definitely needs bright indirect light. If you can give it more than that, it will be totally fine. The reason I absolutely know this from experience is because when I worked at the garden center, I planted one of these 
on the southwest side of the garden center building. It never burned. It kept growing and it did really, really well. Probably the only thing I could have done more often is water it and it probably would have done even better, but still really did good on the outside of the garden center in that really direct sunlight basically all day. So highly recommend putting this in a lot of light if you have the opportunity to. Now, it can grow in less than bright indirect light, but I honestly, if you really want this plant to succeed, I would put it in as much light as you possibly can. You'll notice that the leaves start to have a lot longer stem in between each leaf if you're having it in a lot lower light and the growth is not going to be coming in as fast if you have it in less than bright indirect light. So ficus lyrata is the first plant. Second I would say is bird of paradise simply because this plant is not as difficult as ficus lyrata by any means but I think the sun requirement is what makes it thrive. So keeping it in bright indirect light or if you have direct sunlight is perfect for it. Now bird of paradise is known for its flower in general as a plant or a cut plant or anything like that. More than likely as a house plant you're not going to see it flower because it is a very old plant in order for it to bloom and it takes a lot of light to be doing that. So if you're seeing these for example like in Florida they're going to be out in the middle of whatever in completely direct sunlight blooming thriving doing their best so keeping them in a south window is your best bet to getting the biggest plant and moving closer to potentially blooming but i would not bet on it also i do have an episode on this one as well and it is episode 39 and i do have a blog post on it as well so the other little tidbit about the bird of paradise is it does handle medium light just fine too so you're not going to notice as much of the difference between growing in medium or bright indirect light or bright direct sunlight with the bird of paradise because it doesn't really have the stems and the leaf growth like the ficus lyrata does where you can kind of see the difference when it's getting leggy. This one will probably just slow down a little bit and it won't grow as fast and it really won't thrive, but it will do fine in medium light as well. Again, that being said, if you can give it direct sunlight, give it direct sunlight. I currently have all the plants I'm listing, well, almost all the plants I'm listing, in a south window with a grow light on the back of it because I know that they will do best in the sunlight that they need. (laughs) Okay, the next plant, there are so many people that hate this plant. It's ridiculous, but honestly, I really like this plant and it's because it's one of the most difficult houseplants. I think it's more difficult than the fiddly fig and it is the croton. So, Episode 37 is on Croton if you want to go check it out and learn more about them. But they absolutely need to be in bright indirect light or direct sunlight. If you can give them direct sunlight, out of all the plants I'm going to list today, this is the one where you absolutely need to be giving it the most possible sunlight. The reason I say that is because the less sunlight you give it, the color is not going to be there. And the point of Groton is the color on the leaves. So if you can't give it the direct sunlight, honestly, don't even bother. Either give it supplemented light with a grow light 
or put it in a south window and there's really no in between. It will probably do well in other windows. More than likely, the color isn't going to be as vibrant and you're going to see a difference in growth as well. So Croton, I would absolutely put this in direct sunlight. If you don't have direct sunlight, put it under a grow light. And that's what I would recommend. So mine is in a south window, but it's got grow lights on it. So it's not sitting directly in the south window. It's getting more of a bright indirect, maybe medium light, but I'm supplementing with my grow light directly on it all day. The other reasons why this plant can sometimes be not people's favorite is because it needs a little bit more moisture than normal, it seems like, and it's prone to press pests pretty easily. So the combination of all of that does not bode well for an easy house plant, which is why it's more difficult. But I've had mine in a 10 inch pot growing for, it's probably been about eight months and it's doing really well. I mean, obviously I have pest problems. You guys have seen this on my story. Probably I have pest problems with it, but I'm keeping up with the watering and I'm making sure it's getting enough light and it's growing. It's doing really well. Okay, the next plant is, I kind of grouped these together. I know like enthusiasts of these plants will probably hate this, but I put succulents, cacti, and agave kind of in one list simply because these kind of need bright indirect or direct sunlight to really thrive. So this actually depends on the environment you have too. So for example, like if you live in California and you put your succulents outside, sometimes that's actually too much light. But if you're now, you're in Wisconsin in the Midwest and you have a south window, it might not be enough light. So there's kind of a difference based on the light intensity, based on where you live and all that jazz. So for the most part, most succulents, cacti, and agave need to be in bright indirect light or direct sunlight. So I have all of my cacti in a south window. I, For the most part, your classic succulents that people like to use and propagate off of, I don't have any of those because I know I'm not going to be able to let them thrive. So I have just given up on those for now. <laughs> I have plants like string of pearls and stuff that are, I guess, technically considered a succulent, but I don't have your traditional succulents. Agave, I have put in other windows. So I currently have a couple of them in a south window and I've had one in a north window for a very long time. So the difference is that the one in the north window is a little bit stretched or leggy versus the ones in the south windows are a little more compact. And that's the difference. And most of the habits you're going to see tend to go that way. Succulents, cacti, agave will get kind of stretched out and leggy in their habit if you're not giving them enough sunlight. Definitely, definitely bright indirect or direct sunlight for succulents, cacti, and agave is a must. The last plant I'm going to talk about, and then obviously we'll go into honor mentions and all that good stuff, is an orchid. The reason I mention orchid is because there are a ton of houseplant parents that have tried orchids or want to try orchids. They're everywhere. You can find them at the grocery store for pretty cheap. Usually plant shops are a little bit more expensive, but bright indirect and direct sunlight for most orchids 
the Phalaenopsis orchids specifically are the ones you're going to find most commonly like to be in as much light as possible, and that's what gets them to bloom. I haven't done an episode on orchids simply because I have not gotten mine to bloom because I have not put them in enough light and I have not watered them enough. And I know that's why I just haven't exactly fixed my problem. So, but I do have friends that have orchids that are blooming. For example, my friend Sierra and her sister Kendall, they have orchids sitting on their window and I don't exactly know what direction that faces, but it's actually blocked by a tree kind of so it gets bright indirect almost filtered light and they're thriving right there so I I say it with a grain of salt if you're having problems with getting your orchid blooming maybe putting it in more light even direct sunlight can really help them thrive I have another friend in Janesville she is like the plant whisperer her her yard is amazing she's been in the Janesville garden walk before um, she has in her house a south window and she revives people's orchids for them and she's had orchids with like 30 blooms on it. I mean, it's just insane. But that window is a south window and that is where they're really thriving and doing really, really, really well. So I say orchids because if you're having a problem with them blooming, I guarantee it's because you're not giving them enough sunlight. In my case, it's also water. Eventually, I will do an episode on them, but I almost feel like I need to get one to bloom before I can actually justify doing an episode on it. So, that might be a a next year thing. Okay, now I'm going to go into the honorable mentions because there is just way too many good full light direct sunlight houseplants out there. Not even houseplants, just plants in general that I need to mention. So, the ones I'm going to mention kind of are an array and I will go over them briefly. The first one I want to mention is hibiscus. So I do have an episode on this as well, but I explain kind of the perennial, the shrub, and the tropical side of the hibiscus. I'm talking the tropical one, like the most beautiful, iconic hibiscus flower. These do the best in bright sunlight, direct sunlight. If you have this as a houseplant, it's almost mandatory to bring it outside when it's really nice outside simply because it will do its best when it is outside in the heat, in the sun, everything. So if you have this houseplant, if you want to keep it as an indoor plant, that's fine. Give it as much sunlight as you possibly can, whether that's with a grow light or in a south window or whatever, but they will do their best and they will bloom to their fullest if you're moving it outside or at least mimicking its environment, natural environment couple other plants, Mandevilla, Diplodina, Mugenvilla. I might have said that wrong, who knows. Those also do best in direct sunlight. So Mandevilla and Diplodina are very big trailing plants, not trailing plants necessarily. Climbing plants is kind of what they're known for. You'll see them on trellises and garden centers all the time. They are perfect plants for patio plants. Hibiscuses too. But that is what people use 
usually in a big planter to grow up on a trellis. You can keep any of these plants throughout the winter. Sometimes the mandevilla, hibiscus, diplodina, really any of these flowering plants that I'm going to mention kind of die back a little bit in the winter and then they come back up thriving once you move them outside. Bougainvillea, super important to be putting in direct sunlight, really, really hot direct sunlight. It almost looks like the flowers are little tiny white flowers and the leaves are colored, but you know, not they're not really like that, but that's what, kind of what they look like. They come in fuchsias, oranges, pinks, reds, and the hibiscus comes in just about any color imaginable. Mandevillas come in red, white, peach, might be a couple other colors. Diplodina is usually going in yellow from what I've seen, but it, I know it has a couple other colors as well. Gardenia is another great one that needs direct sunlight. Every time I try to bring a gardenia inside, though, I have pest issues, so watch out for that. Jasmine, same thing. As much sunlight as you could possibly give them. I actually learned from um, my old boss from the garden center, my first boss, Kathy. I went out to, to lunch with her the other day, and she's had a jasmine for years and she said she actually has it growing in a giant orchid pot so she thinks it really loves the extra oxygen getting to the root system and she moves it outside during the summer it blooms and she brings it back inside and she just does it every year another one i want to mention which i have had amazing success with and actually my mom has too is canna lilies so those do so well when you move them outside and i have them on the west side of our house which gets basically direct sunlight from 2 o'clock on. And it does get a little bit of extra light. The sun kind of goes around a tree. So it gets light from like, I would say 10.30 to 1. And then like there's like an hour, hour and a half behind the tree. And then the rest of the day it's back in sun. And it just blooms gorgeous and the leaves get huge they don't get burned or anything if anything the tips get brown because i'm not watering enough so canna lily is a great option and that's also a bulb plant that you could bring in in the winter you don't actually have to bring the whole plant in and kind of let the plant live you can just take the bulb out of the soil overwinter it and replant it next one is euphorbia and i wanted to mention this because it's in the same, I guess, category as succulents and cacti, some of them look similar. Some of them you think are cacti, but it's actually euphorbia. So I wanted to throw that out there because there are a lot of really, really awesome euphorbia varieties out there. There's actually a plant shop in Chicago called Sunnyside Plants, and the owners specialize in euphorbia. So if you're a collector, that is the place to go in the surrounding area. Some other mentions, some palms, obviously, Every time I was looking up online, sago palm kept coming up as like the top highlight plant. I've had a sago palm, but I obviously didn't take care of it well enough. And it was when I first started collecting houseplants and I haven't gotten it since. But, you know, on my list of things to get. And obviously I have fishtail palm. We just talked about that a few episodes ago. That's another one where it definitely needs as much sunlight as possible. The next one is Duranta, which is a purple blooming plant kind of tree or bush depending on what you have. I have a tree and every year I move it inside and then back outside and it does amazing. In the winter, every time I have pests, there's like nothing I can do about it. But in the summer when I move it outside, it does a heck of a lot better. The next one is Schifflera. Schifflera, you would think 
because of what it is, it doesn't seem like it needs bright indirect light or direct sunlight, but it actually thrives in bright indirect sunlight. And then I would say the variegated varieties can really, really do well in direct sunlight. So I would just keep that in mind when you have it. I think it does fine in medium light. Like I have I have one little one that's kind of coming back to life in medium light and it's doing okay, but I still think that plant could do a lot better with more light. We used to keep them in the greenhouse, which was probably bright indirect light. It was a little bit more filtered, maybe not direct sunlight, but it still did really well out there too. There are some other ficus that would probably do well. Ficus benjamina do totally fine in bright indirect light. And I would say the variegated varieties probably do amazing in the direct sunlight simply because they need that extra sunlight to hold on to that variegation. Poinsettia, I know, kind of a weird plant to mention, but they do thrive in really bright light as well. I know there are some periods of darkness that they need to kind of get to bloom, but they do need that direct sunlight. The last episode, we just talked about herbs. There are a ton of herbs that really thrive in that bright indirect or direct sunlight. Hence why you see all those grow light kits with like herbs mentioned in them because it's perfect for it. So herbs are definitely some things you can put in direct sunlight or bright light. Cordyline is a plant that I have always loved, but I have actually not tried as a houseplant because I know how difficult they are. <laughs> so Cordyline is pretty, pretty difficult and they really only live well and as much sunlight as you can give them and they're picky. So I, it's kind of like the croton. If you can't give it direct sunlight, honestly wouldn't even bother with the cordyline. So that's just my two cents on that. We used to have them in the garden center and they did really well, but we always had them in really bright sunlight. Two other things, I'm going to mention bromeliads simply because of the long bloom time. I know they don't necessarily need direct sunlight, but bright light, as much bright light as you can give them is really good for them. And the last one I'll mention is citrus because in order for that to bloom and then produce fruit or whatever you plan on producing, it needs to be in as much light as possible. So I know that's a lot of talking, all about honorable mentions, but I just thought it was really important to go over those because if you're thinking about grabbing a hibiscus and putting it in low light, please don't do that. So I just really wanted to go over those as well. Obviously, there is a lot more than what I just mentioned, but those are the more common things you're going to find when you're out shopping. Okay, one other mention Um, simply because I had experience with it. And this falls in the succulent category, but then I kind of forgot to say it earlier, is I have a pencil cactus and I bought the fire stick variety and then I just have like the regular fire stick, not fire stick, sorry, um, just like the regular pencil cactus that is green and yellow. But when I bought the fire stick one, the moment I moved it out of direct sunlight, the red part of the tips are gone. Now they're back because I put it directly under a grow light. And let me tell you, it is fire because I added the extra fire of the light back to it. Okay, that's what I have to say about that. Let's move on to the Instagram Q&A. Okay, so I had one question for the Instagram Q&A and I honestly think it's a solid question and I don't think I ever actually like explained this as I was going over everything, so we're going to go into it. As a reminder, the Instagram Q&A is posted 
maybe once, sometimes three or four, depending on how I'm feeling that week um, or between the weeks, about the questions if you have the questions for the upcoming podcast episode. So, for example, um, for this episode, right after I posted about the previous episode, I said, hey, the next episode, I am doing highlight plants. Leave your questions here. They can be as broad, general, super specific as you want them to be. Just send them over to me. I screenshot them and add them into the blog and I add them to the end of the podcast episode like I do here. So, the question I got this time around was, what plants can I put in an unobstructed south window without burning? Basically, everything I mentioned will do well. There are some, I think, exceptions as plants are adjusting to the bright sunlight. So, for example, I could see in my honorable mentions, canna lilies could have a burning problem, but they will adjust quickly and pivot to where that bright direct sunlight is totally fine. I also want to point out that through a window, it's not necessarily direct, direct sunlight as it would be outside because there kind of is that kind of filtration of the window in between. So anything I mentioned will do really well in that window. There is one thing I wanted to mention. When I was online, I kept seeing people mentioning snake plant as a really good highlight plant. And like, I get that that plant's very versatile and it can sit in almost every window, but buddy, let me tell you, I have had experience with putting a snake plant outside on an east side of a house and it completely burned. It was actually my sister's snake plant. You, If you've been around for a while, you may have seen it in our stories before, but I left it out for one day and the leaves burned. So just something like that, because that plant wasn't fully adjusted to the sunlight and it's used to being in more of a low light to medium light situation, that was kind of a shock for it. So there might be some situations like that you might run into. I see potentially Bird of Paradise maybe running into that issue. I don't really see Ficus lyrata or Croton maybe some succulents, like I mentioned, moving them outside would be the biggest problem. Not necessarily putting them in a south window, if that makes sense. I really hope I answered that question well enough. <laughs> if I didn't, please let me know and I can try to address it far further. Um, but that's what I got today, guys. That is a bunch of highlight houseplants, and I kind of hope that gives you a good overview of what qualifies to be sitting in your south window. Thanks for listening to episode 56 of Houseplant Homebody, all about highlight houseplants. Don't forget to check out the blog post that corresponds with this episode. If you go to houseplant-homebody.com and go to the blog page, you'll find it there. Also, don't forget to find me at Houseplant Homebody LLC on Instagram, Facebook, and Pinterest. Make sure you're rating, reviewing, and sharing this podcast, along with liking, saving, and commenting on social media. Odds are, if you like this podcast, someone else will too. I love to hear what you've learned from this episode or really anything that I'm doing and your plant experiences, so please share them with me because I love it. Also, you can help support your favorite podcast by joining me on my Become a Supporter website page to get exclusive podcast episodes, access to a supporter-only Facebook group, early access to podcasts, and exclusive content. Your support means the world to me, and I'm super excited to keep bringing you plant bios and information. Also, don't forget to check back every other Tuesday for the brand new episode and blog post. From one houseplant homebody to another, see you next time.
Hello, me, as usual, at the end of the podcast episode. I want to thank everyone for being so patient about this episode. If you're listening to this later, it does not matter, but I usually record podcast episodes the Saturday or Sunday before they're released, simply because I'm a busy lady. And this time around, I was planning on recording Sunday afternoon because I had wedding stuff to go over, and then I ended up hanging out with friends and family that I didn't anticipate hanging out with long enough and then I got a migraine and of course I was down and out and then by the time I felt better it was 8 30 at night and I have to work in the morning so I decided to hold off on this episode and I'm recording this literally on Tuesday night so I really appreciate everyone's support and love and understanding on this you know life happens so of course I'm human. Things are going to happen and sometimes it has to be delayed by a little bit and that's okay. I'm okay with that as long as you guys are okay with that. So I was kind of thinking about it in a way that like when I listen to podcast episodes, I don't usually listen to them the exact day they come out. I mean, that's great if you do. Kudos to you. I don't always do that. So sometimes I'll save up a few episodes and then go listen to them. But anyway, I thought I'd throw that out there of a big thanks to those who were very understanding to me on social media when I was posting looking horrid sitting in bed um, trying to just cope with my migraine. So thank you. Um, I also want to mention that I am going to obviously continue doing episodes um, up until the wedding. I actually might take a break so I'm getting married in the very beginning of August um, and then we have our honeymoon at the kind of middle through the end of August into the very, very beginning of September. So you might not hear an episode in between then, and I think it's a valid break to take, but I just want to throw that out there that that might be happening. Um, so just as a heads up, I currently have episodes planned, like I'm not going to do that, but I almost think it's healthy for me to maybe just take like one episode off um, and just skip one episode. And then I think I'll be good because it's getting a lot. I didn't realize how much effort a wedding is until you really start planning it and get it down to the nitty gritty. So, man, I'm really excited about the plans for the wedding, though, and I am very excited to share those pictures when I have them as well. So, and Peter and I have decided to go to Hawaii for a honeymoon, so you will probably see me on Instagram sharing some amazing houseplants, which they're not houseplants. They're just like, you know, native plants in Hawaii, but still. I'm excited to share it with everyone. And of course, I'll probably do an episode on that when I come back too. But the very next episode I plan on doing, Wandering Dude or Inch Plant. There's a few names for it now. Here's the thing. I have not mastered this plant. I have successfully grown it, but we're really going to dive into it and see what exactly I might be even doing wrong because I do have one that's really thriving right now, but I have one or two other ones that are not doing so hot. So we're going to dive into Wandering Dude or Inch Plant on April 12th. And don't forget the newsletter does come out on April 1st and it comes out every other month in the first of the month. So, if you haven't signed up for the newsletter, you're welcome to check that out on my website. There's a sign up right there. Um, I just don't want to flood your inbox 
So that's why I only do the newsletter every other month. And that way I can get a really good chunk of information to share with everyone and a good recap on everything. I literally know I mentioned this on the intro and outro, but I just wanted to say that because it is the 29th now. So it's getting close to April 1st. So that is all I got for today. Hope you guys have a wonderful week. I really appreciate your patience and we'll see you next time. Bye.